0: There's a new podcast app that delivers chilling true crime stories straight to your mobile device. Every day, they release a new episode that investigates the gruesome true acts of America's worst serial killers, and you can explore into the minds of psychopaths and murderers. To get started, find and download Murder Minute from the App Store or visit Murder That's MurderMinute.com. That's M U R D E R M I N U T E.com to get your daily dose of true crime creepiness delivered straight to your mobile device. <laughs> it's a good show. Howdy, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your favorite podcast about horror flicks and sci-fi flicks and fantasy films. My name's Joe DeRosa. That is uh,
1: Pat Walsh over here. Patty, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Joe. It's a, what is this, Tuesday? It's a Tuesday evening. The dread all blends together anymore. Now, Joe, uh, you were saying earlier you've got vagrants, vandals, people shaking down your balcony.
0: Yeah, I got people coming onto my balcony, taking things while I sleep. Right. Not balcony, patio. I live on the first floor. Yeah. Uh, so I called and complained to the building about it.
1: And I How think, much are you really leaving out there?
0: Not, not much. It's not about the possession. It's about uh, somebody potentially... Coming in here and murdering me or something.
1: Sure. sure. It's
0: the access that freaks right. me out. Um, and then
1: make fleeing, making 700 trips with uh, rap cassettes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm not worried about the theft. I'm more worried about my safety. I get that. It's a little freaky.
1: I get um,
0: you know, you got your blinds open and you're like, is somebody like watching me in here? Like, right. what's.
1: Well, Joe, this is America. Why don't you head over to the Walmart and buy yourself a fucking shotgun?
0: The thought did cross my mind. I'm not against it, but I'm not going to do it just yet. I don't think we're there
1: yet. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think Joe DeRosa needs a shotgun.
0: But it could get there. Who knows?
1: Yeah. yeah, going to be Grand Torino up in this bitch. Did you see the trailer for the new? Gran Torino 2? Grand 2 Reno?
0: <laughs> no, The Mule, his new movie. I did. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, it looks good.
1: What is in that thing? 92? He's so old. Still directing, still acting. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is in it? I saw the preview and it looked kind of cool. It's the longest I've seen a preview just let run. Suzanne Somers is in it. (laughs) The preview was like one long scene. I haven't seen that as a trailer in like 10 years. Rob Reiner, odd casting choice. Yeah, they're like buddy cops, right?
0: No, Rob's his
1: son. He's like, why do you insist on smuggling the drugs? Right. And the, there's that scene of Rob Reiner running from a building that's exploding. Yeah, which looked pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I Jowly—he's a Jowly man, but it was fun to watch him run in slow mo.
0: Look, it's two different people. Him, him, and Pacino are the ones where it's like Rob Reiner now and Rob Reiner on in the '70s. It's two different human beings.
1: Yeah, and same with Pacino. He's right. the other one. I liked uh, when uh, Eastwood goes. Uh, you're as stubborn as, and then turns and looks in the camera, and he goes, "A mule," and then the mule, the title, of the mule filled the screen. I like thought that was pretty sweet.
0: Right. Uh, my favorite part is when he accidentally uh, shits all the drugs out of his ass in front of the cops <laughs> due to his irregularity.
1: Yeah, uh, it's really what, more a movie about adult diapers. <laughs> what? Well, it depends. What is the? Um, that was a little bonus joke. What? It, oh, it depends. I didn't even, didn't even get it. Sorry, I thought I felt the need to explain it, but then hopefully some of our listeners are brighter than Joe. Oh, he's he doesn't realize he's a mule. No, the, he does. The trailer starts. He opens his trunk and he's like, "What's this cocaine doing
0: in my trunk?" No, he's opening his trunk because the fucking cop is like, "What do you got there?" And he looks like,
1: baffled by the cocaine. I was in. No, I
0: it. think he's looking at it like I think some, maybe some, he thinks something spilled. Or oh, okay.
1: You know, one of those things. I was on the on the walk-in to the movie, so I, I wasn't watching it very carefully. I was seeing A Star is Born, which I'm saving for the live show. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Right. Starring right. in a supporting role. Who do you think plays Lady Gaga's dad? Do you know the answer? Dave Chappelle, isn't it? You think Dave Chappelle plays He's Lady Gaga's dad? He's
0: the only other person I know that's in the movie. <laughs> but you Bradley how Cooper. That, that wouldn't it's a, be possible. It's a... It's a it's a uh, old boy twist at the end.
1: Right. No. Uh it's somebody important to your life. I'll give you three guesses. Jonathan Banks. No. Nope. My dad. Your dad, yes. Play <laughs> Lady I Not bad, by the way.
0: Uh I'm distracted. Pat is uh he came in with a diet, raspberry snapple. Beach. Mixed it yeah. into a glass with iced tea, not a bit of ice, no. or it, with vodka. I mean, put vodka in that in the glass, not a bit of ice, just warm. Then bites off two ends of a Twizzler and starts using that as a straw. And now he's dipping the Twizzler and playing with it like I'm,
1: a I'm stirring it like a Southern judge into a deposition. I mean, look, you should keep your vodka in the freezer. It's where vodka goes. I
0: didn't even know I had vodka in there. I got to be honest. And that my, was purchased.
1: Apple is is cold, so it balances out. Who the, plays? The answer is Andrew Dice Clay.
0: Andrew Dice Clay plays the dad. Plays Lady Gaga's father. Why, how is he important in my life?
1: Excuse me.
0: Because I'm a comic, you mean?
1: You talk all the time about Andrew Dice Clay. I'm he a seems fan. Seems to have been a key influence on your whole vibe. I'm a fan. A relentless misogynist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm a fan. I wouldn't say he's been important in my life. All right. <laughs> you know. Uh, how is he? He's a good actor. Excellent. And what's? how does he play it? Like, what's the character?
1: We'll talk about on the live show.
0: Oh, okay. That's I right. I want to crack it up. Well, then stop bringing it up. All right. Well, I, have a, I have an announcement to make. Yeah. I made this decision today. Uh, I feel great about it. I'm done with single cam sitcoms. I'm done. I I respect the hell out of that. They're not funny. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I tried to watch one today. It was my first dip back in the pool in a while. And it's just these absurd characters that are just copied off of the last show's absurd characters. Nobody is believable. They've become a parody of themselves. They're terrible. What was the show? I don't want to say. Okay. Uh, Because there are people that I really respect on the show. But it wasn't camping.
1: I watched the pilot of camping. Holy Christ, I, I mean, don't know, I, I mean I, have... I don't know if we're- counting that as a comedy. there wasn't a joke to be had, but that was a wild time, man. if that thing can get made um you know good luck to you everybody you can you can do it um it's insane, I just Julia Lewis decides to go fully frontally nude for the first time in her entire career, unless I'm mistaken in camping in front of a child, yeah, it's like a it's... very bizarre scene the the whole the thing had no plot. It is six people show up to go camping. That's And it goes on for a half hour.
0: Well, apparently something goes wrong, which sounds like they're just ripping
1: off a uh, search party. Shouldn't that something have gone wrong in the pilot? Shouldn't there be an incident, some incident, if you're going to tell a story? Do people tell stories anymore? No, no. People think that...
0: Uh, you know, look, there was one person... Not one, but there was one of a few people that was good at capturing real-life situations on camera. It was John Cassavetes. Sure, and there's been many more you, since. You're not John Cassavetes. No, stop it. You you don't know how to make Peter Falk at a dining room table eating spaghetti interesting. John Cassavetes did. Right. These people all think they're Cassavetes.
1: It's annoying. They got Jennifer Garner. So like. Jennifer Garner, along with Anne Hathaway, are two actresses who the public, fairly or unfa- fairly perceive as nags, uh, you know, shrill, annoying women. I've always kind of liked them both, had no real issue with them. They're not my favorite actresses on the planet, but I think they get the job done. They've got her playing, like, the extreme version of wh- how everyone sees her, as this uptight, anal, fussy um, person, and... All she does throughout the entire pilot is say, like almost like Bob Saget used to do on Full House, like plan out, well, no, at 810, we've got to make our other, that's all she does the whole show. And they're on a camping trip. So it's like, no, I've scheduled us in to swim tomorrow. Now it's not swimming time. Then they release this big statement. The show's only getting bad reviews, says the entire creative team of camping, because... Did
0: they all say or did Brett Gelman
1: just say? Brett Gelman, but then if you click on the article, they all say All the critics are reviewing it negatively because they're misogynistic. And they said, how come The Sopranos can have an unlikable lead character but this show can't? The Sopranos (laughs) is one of the most densely plotted, beautifully written shows in the history of American television. For my opinion, the best. Um, Here's the thing. You can't compare camping to that. They're different people. The characters are nowhere near as developed or layered. And to throw out misogyny... Because they didn't like your show, is kind of nuts. Everybody loved fucking Killing Eve. That was a very unlikable woman. She was a fucking assassin. Everybody likes the one with Pam. What's her name? From Louis. It's a great show. Better Things. Yeah, everybody
0: likes that show. Hey, I'll give you. I'll give you a, a, a feminist uh, vehicle. Yeah, purposefully feminist vehicle with th- riddled with complicated women. Nine to Five. One of the great movies of all time. I love every minute of it. You know why? Because the messy women in that movie aren't
1: fucking annoying, number one. And number two, it's well written. There are, are, by the way, annoying men characters, too. Tony Soprano was not annoying. You are Breaking Bad. Walter White was not annoying. He was a despicable character, but it wasn't like somebody you couldn't spend time with each week. And there's a key difference there. I'm not even saying you can't do a movie about annoying people or a show about annoying people. But let's not pretend it's misogyny that your Uh, show, which has no story to tell yet, let's say, although I can't
0: do annoying characters. I can't like I could never do those any Adam Sandler movie where he does a voice. I can't
1: do you mean most of them
0: like little Nicky and the water boy like those ones. I'm like, I can't do this. Uh, It's it's driving me fucking crazy. Uh, If Seinfeld was just George, it would be a shitty show. That's exactly right. Um and you could argue that Curb Your Enthusiasm is sort of that, but Curb Your Enthusiasm is
1: is fucking hilarious, and and it's got plot, and it's got yeah, twists and turns. And, that's really know. just the difference. I mean, uh, there there's no comparison, and I, I find it uh, it's just kind of shitty to throw out a term like misogynistic when you just it's just that people don't like your show. There's also several <laughs> annoying male characters and female characters. The Juliet Lewis, Juliet Lewis is one of my favorite actresses of all time. She's there for five seconds as the girlfriend of another guy on the camping trip. She strips to, you know, full frontal nudity in front of a 10 year old boy. But the extremely anal retentive mom doesn't cover his eyes. Right. Even though she's trying to micromanage this trip down to the wire, uh, the kid holds a BB gun. She about has a heart attack. But there's a woman full frontally naked two feet in front of him. There's no move to like shield him from it. I don't know what I'm watching. There's no consistency of the characters beat to beat. It's a bad show. I, it just it just drives me nuts. I haven't seen the entire pilot,
0: but as I said on the last episode, I saw several long sequences from it on yeah. YouTube because they kept playing them before every video. Right. I saw enough to be like, I'm, I mean, if this is what you're trying to get me on the hook with, uh, yeah. I'm not going to like the show.
1: Um, I don't know. There's, yeah, the, whatever. There's better shows. Everything sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's, before we shit on more things, let's get on with the show. And at the same time on with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heart of Joe. Right. Very good. Did you like you ought to know when it came out? No. You can't admit to yourself that you liked it, at least for a period of time. I
0: maybe liked it the first time I heard it. It's a killer song. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's a very well-written, there's a lot of well-written songs out there that I don't like. Written it's not about, my style of song.
1: Written about Dave Coulier? Uh,
0: also from Full House? A, my friend said he asked Dave Collier if that was the case, and he said Dave Coulier went, oh, come on, what the fuck, man? And walked away very angry.
1: Yeah, because it's about him. Well, I also
0: think he's just tired of being asked, is that about
1: sure. you? I don't think your friend should have asked him that. Odd pairing, Collier and said. And then, then Ryan Reynolds after that.
0: I love Morrisette as a person. Yeah, and some of her tunes I like, but you know that one—that's okay. I mean, you yeah, know, I don't. I like hate it a lot better them. than
1: the Thank You India, Thank You Terry. She's one of those
0: singers. I don't hate any of the songs. I don't love any of the songs.
1: I don't love. I don't like any of her songs except you ought to know.
0: If they come on, I'm not upset, but I'd right. never
1: put it on. I like many more Cheryl Crow songs than I'd like Alanis Morissette oh, songs. Christ, anything but down. It's a great song.
0: Crow's got that first record and that's it for me. Once she lost the flannel shirts and the boozy broad vibe, I, I didn't care anymore. I didn't like how she came back on that second album all dialed up. I like I didn't you care. Don't for bring that. me
1: anything but down. I like her cover of First Cut is the deepest. And I like uh Leaving Las Vegas. I like Strong Enough to be Your, My Man or whatever the hell that is. Um I'll tell you who I do like I like, I like quite a few of her songs. I like Shania Twain. Got no beef with Twin.
0: I always get excited at a wedding. <laughs> 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 I, that always gooses
1: me up. That one- well, yeah, not my fave. I like her all right. Um, how do we get on these people? What the hell are we even talking about? You sang. Oh, Alanis Moore Yeah, not my not my thing. Uh, the Lilith Fair scene. You know, Paula Cole. Not really for me. Jewel. I liked a couple of cuts, but you hear them now, they sound ridiculous. You took your coat off and stood in the rain. You're always crazy like that. Really, really, Jewel? Is that crazy? (laughs) That's the craziest thing you can think of as a songwriter?
0: She's another one I liked because she was like this folksy mountain woman. And then she came back and she was all fucking plastered up with makeup and doing like dance music and shit. And I was like, what are are you doing? Yeah. Intuition. I was like, what are you doing?
1: Oh, Your intuition. That song sucked.
0: And then remember when uh, Tegan and Sarah did that? They, well, they didn't like. They didn't doll it up. But they came up, back with like yes. a
1: dance record. Tegan I mean, and Sarah, you know, the the con, uh, If It Was You, and then So Jealous are three excellent albums. They made three great, nearly perfect pop albums. And then they just went too pop. They lost kind of the kick to it
0: well they were like a breeders kind of thing and then all of a sudden they were like a
1: dance gr- group yeah with no band and just and i like dance music but yeah it just I it wasn't sense. for me either tegan or sarah came to my birthday party once and i talked to her and she was very nice maybe i believe the same party as juliette lewis it was the kind of party where i really seemed like a mover and shaker even though i didn't know any of the celebrities that were at my house
0: uh look I've said it for years, you've always been a suck-up and a kiss-ass and a brown-noser, and I'm not surprised for a minute that some famous people just happened to show up at your birthday party. Hey, sorry. Or that you'd pretend that you didn't know they were coming, or that you had paid them to be there.
1: Small thing. (laughs) I'm a Scientologist, so they're all in my Rolodex. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, from the day Juliet Lewis came to my house, I started getting a lot of Scientology liter- literature. I get one like every other day. She
0: a Scientologist? Yeah. Oh, well, fuck her then. Oh, hey. hey, hey. What do you want me to fucking sugarcoat it? She's a nice lady. Well, I can't say fuck her because I still,
1: I still, I can't stop supporting Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> He's I, the I King think I'll support Tom Cruise the actor. I don't even want to know what's going on with Tom Cruise the man. I feel like it's not good.
0: Tell me you wouldn't light up if he walked in this room right now. Oh, of course. Hey guys, you want to get a beer?
1: Yes. You know, whatever he'd say. Or right. he
0: probably doesn't drink beer because, you know, he only eats seeds or whatever he <laughs> has to do for his <laughs> fucking weird diet, but
1: Yeah. You uh, do well Joe, let me take you down to Pat's movie Corner. Okay. I'm not against it. Um, I'm going to start. By the way, today we're reviewing Apostle, which is new to Netflix. Um, Yeah, we've we've got much to say about it, but we'll get to it.
0: And I will be getting into a lengthy talk about the apostles and bringing in some (laughs) Bible study and other religious elements that I think this podcast is lacking.
1: Great, but I'll wait till we get to the movie for that. Excellent. I watched. You know what I had not seen since I was maybe 15 years old? Your dick. Oh, come on, Joe. What? It's a movie that has gotten this like cult status. It played in the cemetery here in L.A. recently, which is usually like a pretty big movie. Um, people talk about it nonstop. You see memes from it all the time. The movie is called Empire Records. Oof. Now I, I
0: worked r- in a record store when that came out. Yeah. Which is why it was like doubly
1: insulting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved teen movies never more than when I was about 15 years old. I was like, this is awesome. This is exciting. Let me check this thing out. I rented it and I was like, that fucking sucked. Talk about no story. I mean, like, and it's not like no story in a dazed and confused way where, like, you like the people. Characters were all pretty repellent. There wasn't a laugh to be had. There wasn't any good romance or anything.
0: I always saw Empire Records as the poor man's mystic pizza. Sure. And I always saw Mystic Pizza as the poor man's steel magnolias. Well,
1: that's very true.
0: Yeah. Um, You're you're twice removed by the time you get to Empire Records. Yeah. Uh,
1: I thought maybe I was too young. Sometimes you rewatch something and you're like, oh, I get all this now. The movie fucking sucks. It is a... It was critically panned, but it's just gotten this new life where everyone loves it. Maybe it was on HBO all the time back in the day or something. I don't know how it happened, but you all are out of your goddamn mind. The movie sucks. The only good thing about it is it unleashed on the world. A fiery hot single by the Gin Blossoms called Till I Hear It From You.
0: God damn it.
1: Till I hear it from you. Why do you? Why? Oh, no. Great song. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's like a kind of decent soundtrack. It's got that great song. I never met a girl like you before. Gah, 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 gah. Sure. Great song. Mm-hmm. Edwin Collins. Beyond that, I mean, th- this thing sucks, folks. It's not Yikes. a good movie. Joe, what do you got? Uh, uh, Well, have you seen that film? No. Okay. No, I, I just, I, I would
0: see the trailers for it as I worked in an indie record store. Yeah. And I was like, this is insulting. This is not del- right. This looks like the you know shitty MTV2 version of
1: it is. Anyway, yeah, it's like an episode of MTV's Next, is yeah, like the exactly. level of, of story and plot they're giving
0: you. Uh, well, speaking of movies I, we haven't seen since we were 15, I rewatched Stephen King and George A. Romero's "The Dark Half."
1: saw it pretty recently,
0: starring Timothy Hutton. As a kid, I didn't enjoy it much. On the yeah. rewatch, I loved it. It uh, it went right up there with some of my more favorite Stephen King adaptations. I thought Hutton was awesome in it. I loved him in the dual role. Uh, I thought Romero did a really nice job directing it. It was right at the tail end of when movies still had that grainy texture to them and mm-hmm. and still had a natural darkness to them. Sure. Um I just really enjoyed the movie. I, I really had a lot of fun watching it and uh it's one that I would actually purchase for my collection.
1: I tell you, I did purchase it as one of those uh Amazon has a lot of get eight movies on one disc kind of deals. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I have quite a few of those. Uh kind of a bunch of old junky movies in one. It didn't do much for me, Dark Half. And I watched it pretty recently. I didn't think anything was scary about it. It was kinda of boring. I like Timothy Hutton as a rule.
0: Uh well, mine was a second watch And that's when I really liked it uh, And I The second one, Well, I was less familiar with Stephen King is At that age So On this second watch I started to pick up more on the Stephen King themes Like the Hutton character The dark side or I forget the character's name Like the George Wood- Straight Or whatever his name is Like sure. the, the evil writer George Strait is a country singer right? I know I was just You know, doing my best But uh, the The uh, you know he's kind of mm, like but I guess
1: my best wasn't good <laughs> enough
0: he's kind of like the bad guy in um uh the road virus goes no- heads north which is one of my favorite Stephen King stories you know okay. Stephen King always writes those sort of like greaser mm-hmm. like evil fonzie characters right uh and i i just i just really enjoyed it and then when i read about it online and read that king wrote it about it was basically an auto. It was a it was a fictional take on an autobiographical thing that happened to him, which is when he got found out to be Richard Bachman. Yeah, and then he wrote this story. And then so then when you watch the movie, and the wife is like, "You're gonna start drinking. You're gonna do, you know." And he's like, "I'm not an alcoholic." And then you read about King's intervention. Right. Did you ever read that story? No. He said, uh, you know, the family and friends were all gathered, and his wife came down with a shoebox of shit she collected from his office, you know, because he was like, I'm not, I'm fine, mm-hmm. and dumped it on the floor in front of everybody. And he said it was uh, beer cans, uh, joints, mm-hmm. and marijuana, an assortment of pills. She names all the pills, several glass vials of cocaine, and then Coke spoons caked in blood and snot. <laughs> and uh, that's when he got sober. Okay. So when you know those things about King personally, it puts a kind of new cool twist on the movie.
1: What was the Bachman story? Like how did he get Well the Bachman books were I know what they thinner, were thinner?
0: Right. Was one of them. The Bachman books were, you know, they were they were stories he wrote that were, were more cynical and, and darker mm-hmm. than the average Stephen King stuff. Mm-hmm. So and then like he'll still once in a while put out like a Bachman book and say like you know, he writes like a fake thing where it's like this was a lost manuscript after he died.
1: And Oh, he said got found out. I thought it was like some secret or something.
0: It was. He was putting the books out oh, under okay. a pen name.
1: I've read the Bachman books.
0: And, uh, and, a, and a kid in a bookstore figured it out and wrote to him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, dude, expose it. I don't care. He's like, right. the jig's up. And then he said, once it became known that it was him, all the books like quadrupled in sales. Right. How know? did the
1: kid figure it out?
0: something about or maybe it was the kid at the publishing it was something about like where they were coming from and something was I, I forget to be honest gotcha. I, I can't even remember
1: but uh, but he figured it out uh, I gave a rewatch I've been going through the Eddie Murphy back catalog and some David Allen Greer catalog because I like the man which led me to Boomerang uh, I had not seen Boomerang in 20 years i consider it lesser eddie murphy and yet it's a very good romantic comedy it's not super funny but i think it is a good romantic comedy there are some scenes in it that are outrageously outdated that Mm -hmm. could not air today there's like he's like almost he keeps turning off the lights when he's trying to fuck the old lady eartha Kitt, who actually looks kind of hot i think in the movie But he's like, let's turn more lights off in here. I always found those kind of jokes dark and gross, where it's like how ugly a woman is. They were doing them as recently as Dumb and Dumber 2, where there was like 800 jokes about how ugly Kathleen Turner was. Yeah, I don't get that. I I, I never like it. It doesn't feel good to me. But on the whole, Boomerang is good. Some funny, uh, you know, you can't get much better romantic comedy friends than David Alan Greer and Martin Lawrence. They play off each other well. Robin Givens, I was unaware, was that beautiful. Um oh, yeah, striking. I mean, just unbelievable. She's you know, half naked, half the movie it was an incredible looking woman. Uh and Halle Berry as a like a twenty five year old woman. There's a lot of entertainment. Soundtrack, of course, includes End of the Road by Boys to Men, one of the greatest songs ever written. And then the true laughs come from those scenes where he's doing the perfume commercials, that like old Perv dude. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? With Grace no. Jones?
0: I saw the movie when it first went to video, and I didn't like it because I was yeah. too young to get it, and I never really revisited it.
1: I bet you like it now. He's kind of a playboy who can't be tied down, and then a woman kind of gives him what he's been given women. It's I, it's kind of like the... Uh, what's that song? Get You by Weezer. I a just player
0: re- gets played. I just remember being so painfully disappointed as an Eddie Murphy fan yeah, I get that. That he because that was I remember him going on Ar, on Arsenio and like denouncing everything he had done for the last like fifteen years. Yeah, and like saying like raw, like he was just an egomaniac. And it's like, okay, dude, maybe you were, but the, come on, dude. Like, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so I, I was just really bummed out with this like new Eddie Murphy.
1: Yeah, well, after Boomerang, he just made lots of shit for years. Nutty Professor was a, a rare blind, bright spot. Grace Jones plays Strong J, like a model who walks around with her ass hanging out all the time. Strang J. J, yeah. That's that's rough. They had some real outrageous shit in this movie. There there's this old bald like perv dude who who is like his commercial director. And so he'll show Eddie Murphy stuff and there's like women deep throating bananas and stuff. And he's like just take out the banana, man. You know that's too nasty. You know that's too nasty. That's all that's all really funny. Then at the end he doesn't have the time to preview it. And the guy shows it, and it is Strong J. And she spreads her legs and basically gives birth to the giant bottle of perfume and pulls it graphically out of herself. And then the tagline says Strong J, it stinks so good. And folks, this was a mainstream. <laughs> romantic comedy that made like a hundred million dollars
0: i like that i almost fell
1: out of my chair i couldn't i not not from laughing i was just shocked
0: that's a funny joke
1: the movie was nuts i mean it the 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 swings in tone it was kind of like coming to america where like the soul glow comes in and you're like well i guess we're just doing like a sketch in the middle of the movie yeah yeah but these sketches were not as successful they were certainly funny
0: Um, I watched, uh, I did watch The Blacksmith and the Devil, which I talked about last week, I think. Man. Well, maybe it's my fault. It's a movie from Spain. It's a very dark fairy tale, essentially. It is an old fairy tale about a blacksmith who outwits the devil.
1: You're big into dark fairy tales lately.
0: Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. And, uh. So this is a film version of it. It's a sort of a a retelling of it, but it still takes place in the sort of dark, not dark ages, but, you know, the 1600s, whatever it is. Sure. And, um, it, man, it starts so cool, and it's so well shot, and it's so moody and atmospheric, and you feel like you're watching this, like, almost like this, you know, uh, children's movie, like like the old dark Disney movies or something, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it just gets cheesy, man. It it gets really, really cheesy, which might be my fault because I chose to watch it with the English dub instead of
1: reading the subtitles. Everything seems cheesy with dubs.
0: Uh, Because that was the way they played the trailer on Netflix. So I thought, well, usually they'll play it with the subtitles. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is the way to watch it. So I watched it that way. And some of the performances were just... They just sounded crazy. Like, how have they not gotten better at dubbing techniques by now? I don't care that it doesn't match the lips, but how is somebody not able to direct this properly and be like, this sounds ridiculous when you put it to the to the picture? Sure. Tone your performance down. Right. Um, So all in all, I'd give it a
1: C. You could have switched at any point to the subtitles.
0: It was. I was already in. Clancy Brown does one of the voices, and I really love Clancy Brown. I liked mm-hmm. hearing his voice, and I didn't want to stop, quite frankly. All right. And yet you're highly critical of his performance. Not his. No, he was fine. Okay. He was fine. Uh, it was mainly the guy that played the devil
1: that, that kind of ruined it. It
0: was it was so ridiculously over the top.
1: I think Clancy Brown reads a couple audio books of Stephen King's. Pretty uh, sure he does. What's his name? Does it?
0: like all of them, Will Patton.
1: Yeah, he does a lot of them.
0: Will Patton, the, I mean, if you ever wanted your audiobook to sound like a suicide note. <laughs> I know. Christ almighty, the yeah. guy is just... <laughs> Doesn't bring a lot of heat. <laughs> I think he's great at it, but he's yeah. just,
1: he sounds so sick. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> um, I watched also, this is a four-year consideration title this year. It's on Netflix now, but it's gotten a theatrical release. It's called Private Life. Is from Tamara Jenkins, who directed Slums of Beverly Hills, which I really enjoy, always have, uh, starring young David Krumholtz in his underwear. I love Slums of Beverly Hills. And a gorgeous Marissa Tomei. Uh, then, years later, she directed Savages. Great movie. Which is a great movie with Laura Linney and Phil Seymour Hoffs. Yeah. Now, this picture has Catherine Hahn, who I always love, and Paul Giamatti. What's it called? Private Life.
0: Oh, is this the one where they're trying to have the baby?
1: Yeah. It's, oh,
0: I want to watch this.
1: It's two hours plus of a couple trying and failing to have a baby. Um, You know, it's in an age where, like, all HBO shows are this, like, kind of, kind of well-to-do New York people having their little problems. It just didn't feel particularly novel to me. It felt very... Depressing. A, I mean, any couple trying to have a baby for over years is going to be a depressing story, regardless. And it just kind of was. And they're like, "Are we ever going to have sex again?" A lot of those conversations, and it felt very real, and it was very well acted. I just kind of was like, "Do I want to watch a married couple suffer for two hours again?" Like,
0: well, and I'll say this: the 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 uh, the ghastly mm. amount of money it cost. A couple to go through fertility procedures and all these things. Yeah. For them to not at that point adopt and instead be so fucking self-important mm-hmm. that they think they have to bore the baby themselves right? and not help out a baby that needs a fucking family. Right. I, I just think it is so self-important and self-centered and stupid and, and
1: out- outdated. But, you Adoption know, doesn't even come up in the movie, but like... You know, each couple to each couple their own. People have very strong beliefs about childbirth and having a baby and I get that. This movie I don't has brings up some of the debates, but you know, she's like, I don't wanna have a surrogate, I wanna do it myself and all that and what's what's important to you and what is your kid and what isn't your kid and all this stuff is kind of baked into the movie, but um it it I mean, I don't need a movie to be a fun watch, but it was kind of Not worth the depression. And it's, I think, the third movie I've seen where Katherine Hahn walks around wearing a T-shirt and no pants or underwear, Winnie the Pooh style. (laughs) Which makes me wonder if it's like in her contract. (laughs) She did it in that really great movie called Afternoon Delight, which I loved. And she did it on her show, I Love Dick. You know, it's it's a strange look. I don't like it for a, it looks better on a woman than a man, but. Fair enough. Interesting. Anyway, they, they basically they ask their niece to uh, if she wants to do it for them, and they bring in this kind of wacky niece character. It's got kind of that Woody Allen thing of like every character talks in these hyper literate voices, and I tend to not like that because it doesn't feel real to me.
0: It Sounds like an abominable film. To it's be honest, it's not
1: abominable. With you. It's better than I'm making it sound. It's just kind of like I don't know. I, I felt as if I'd seen it before. And it seemed like something where if a couple's actually going through that, why do they want to watch it? If you're not living this terrible life, why would you want to watch it? It, just, it felt a, almost a, like a documentary.
0: And as an adopted child, why would I want to watch yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Fuck I everything.
1: I agree. All right. Giamatti's great. Han is great. I, you know, it's, it's certainly uh, well done. It's just not something you need to rush out and see.
0: All right. Uh, closing us out here. Finally saw What We Do in the Shadows. Like I don't know why it took me forever to watch this movie, but I finally watched it. I loved it. I was scream laughing from front to back. Jermaine, what's-his-face from Flight of the Concords, delivers on, on every front as usual. The writer-director, who also stars in the movie as the main vampire, mm-hmm. delivers on all fronts. Everybody's great. It's such a funny take on that sort of office docu-style kind of thing. Uh, they nail every, like, fun, scary cliche about vampires. It's, it's awesome. I, I just loved it. I thought it was great.
1: I should rewatch. I remember being in a terrible mood when I saw it and thinking it was amusing, but not seeing what everybody else sees. They're making it into a show now for FX. With uh, the great Matt Berry. Yes, which I'm extremely excited about.
0: That's why I watched it finally.
1: Yeah. Matt Berry's not in the movie, is he?
0: No, but I believe yeah. he's, he's probably going to play the Jermaine Clement role. Like, I would imagine Matt Berry is playing the guy with the long hair and the mustache.
1: I thought Clement was in it, but maybe he's not.
0: Is in the show? Yeah. I don't think he's in the show. Okay. I think it's a different cast. Gotcha. All right. But I can't imagine Matt Berry's not playing the, the, like,
1: womanizing. Yeah,
0: that's Like, true. that's the guy he always plays.
1: I know uh, one of my comedy heroes, Mr. Tom Sharpling, is writing on the staff. Really? That's very um, good. Yeah, and I think it's Paul Sims who does Atlanta, which is an exceptionally great show, and I'm sure it'll be awesome. Maybe Clement is in it. I thought it was a new cast, but uh, I look forward to seeing it. I even think he might be involved in the writing of it. I was I was floated that as like, hey, would you be interested in this? And I thought Clement was like in the room. Maybe he's just EPing. Yeah, maybe so. Pat, do you got
0: time for a little scary stuff before we get into today's film? I'd love it. Uh, folks... Fans of, oh, you know what? I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this. All right. Because I needed one more. Um, I won't even say what it was and why I want to save it, but I'm going to save it for the live show.
1: Yeah, folks, the live shows have already taken place, and I'm sure uh, there'll be a lot of discussion on them because we, we got a lot of a lot of heat coming. You're going to want to get these live shows. If you can't be there, you're going to want to listen to them. we uh, we got some nice surprises for you.
0: Uh, I, I guess we can get into our movie for today. We're at 37 minutes. I mean, that's sure. You
1: know. no, no, no screaming and news psychos? Uh, I don't have one for today. Uh, let me
0: just quickly revisit uh, Bloody Disgusting and see if anything
1: interesting has popped up since I last checked. Reading some Halloween reviews that are comparing it unfavorably to H2O. Meaning H two O was
0: better, or meaning they—they're just
1: like it's—it's it's like wiping away all these movies, including H two O. Like it's so much better than them, but it's giving you what H two O gave you better. It's doing a better version of H two O. It's doing a worse version of H two O. Oh. Is what I read today on like the Onion. But...
0: I absolutely love H two O. I think it's a tremendous horror movie. Yeah. And from from trailer one of this thing, I said it's just H two O again. Right. It's Jamie Lee Curtis has to face off against Michael Myers. Yeah. Which is why they made H2O. Right. Uh, and then, you know, well, actually, yeah, this is good for the news, 24-hour
1: news psycho Scream NN. Joe and I are going to see it either Thursday night or Saturday day or Friday night. But I, I, I'm certainly pumped to see it. But this review was not inspiring. I've seen some good, some bad.
0: Uh, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but this is good for our news psycho today. Uh, Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. Has already announced that they're working on sequels. They're announcing this publicly. What is wrong with everybody? So now I'm going Wait a week. It's not even out yet. Right. So now I'm going into this movie knowing number one, Michael Myers definitely is not dead at the end, no Mm -hmm. matter what they show me, which I understand that that's sort of an assumption, but that's lame, especially when you're saying we're trying to right the wrongs of the franchise. I agree. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, so now you're going to make a bunch of sequels to this sequel that was made to erase all the other sequels. Right? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. They can't leave anything alone. Just leave it alone. Move on to the next franchise. God damn it. It drives me fucking crazy. Make the Nightmare on Elm Street prequel if you're this fucking franchise happy. Make another fucking... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's worth watching. Make the fucking Hellraiser remake that everybody keeps talking about that's not getting made for whatever reason. But for fuck's sake, man, <laughs> how many fucking times are we going to go down this Michael Myers road, man?
1: See, now you're bringing in a lot more negative energy into this picture than I realized.
0: Uh, I hope that I hate this thing, because I want to be on fire on Saturday when we I th- talk I about mean, it.
1: I'm going to tell you one key word I've seen in every review. Humor. Pat, (laughs) I know not to say things like that when I have a glass in my hand. But isn't LL Cool J doing his uh, erotic raps? Isn't that also in H2O? No. There are two scenes in H2O where LL Cool J
0: is a security guard who wants to be a writer. An erotic writer. Yeah, Yeah, and he's reading his erotic stories to his wife over the phone. Yeah, and she's yelling at him that he's an idiot. That's basically. a shitty
1: bit in that movie.
0: It's okay. It's yeah. it's it's it happens twice, right? And then it's it's like a brief moment of comic relief, and it's the only comic relief in the fucking movie, right? You know, H2O is a solid movie, and I'm sorry. I'll save it for Saturday. I liked H2O, but yeah, we should I'll, wait. I'll save it. Saturday. I'll save it for Saturday. All right. Anyway, that's our news. Psycho. Today's movie is Apostle, Pat. If you could, if you could give the the folks at home a synopsis while I refill my beverage,
1: I'll vamp, <laughs> which I'll, it's, which is Halloween themed, by the way. I mean, look, I'm bad when watching movies at knowing what time period it is. I'm bad at knowing where they're at. So let me bring up the wiki here. Apostle. First off, it's by the guy who made The Raid and The Raid 2. Joe has not seen these films. They're two of the best action movies of recent years. They're absolutely incredible. Um, And he brings some of that style to this, like, period piece, which works awesomely. It works so much better than, like, Sherlock Holmes or something like that. I really loved uh, how they brought kind of modern fighting in without it feeling like a fucking knight's tale or something, like uh, some anachronistic type deal. The, the basic premise is, it's 1905, this dude, played by Dan Stevens, who's the guy from The Guest, which I loved, travels to a remote island to rescue his beloved sister, who has been kidnapped by a mysterious cult that's demanding ransom for her return. He learns, uh, basically, that these people are very sinister, there's elements of torture, There's kind of a lead guy who becomes his kind of main adversary. There's a subplot where he knows about a young couple who's had sex uh, and maybe a baby on the way that factors in pretty heavily. Which they're not supposed to be doing because they're breaking all the cult. Breaking the cult codes. Um, But essentially, you know, this is our second movie in as many weeks about a man rescuing a beloved uh, woman from a cult. Mandy was the wife this picture, it's his sister. Um, well, he
0: might be banging. Man's got a strong
1: love for his sister. He's, like, well, he's it was, like, whenever
0: there was a dark moment, you made it beautiful. It's yeah. like, I don't know who talks to their sister like that.
1: It also seemed to me so much earlier than 1905, didn't it? Or was that just like a the village <laughs> No, type? I
0: agree. I thought we were back in like the fucking Christmas Carol or yeah, something. At I was least.
1: shocked by 1905. Yeah. I saw that just now. I mean, but got uh, movies
0: right around the corner for Christ's sake! Right,
1: it looked like it was in uh, like the Crucible days, kind of like the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, he goes in. He tries to infiltrate this cult. There's all manner of, of spooky shit. The big sort of centerpiece is this scene where the the boy who's fucked the the bad guy's daughter is tortured, and they drill into his head. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the centerpiece of the movie. Everything I read about it was like there's a torture scene that that many will not be able to take. So I was waiting for that with bated breath. It didn't gross me out as much as I expected it to.
0: It wasn't as bad as the uh, bone tomahawk cut a man and crotched in half by his dick It certainly wasn't but it was it was bad but it was a great scene
1: it was intense and then when they cut to the caved in head you know that's a pretty great shock shot
0: yeah and then they put the they they do it to enlighten him and and in the giant hole in his skull the bloody hole the guy puts like a piece of paper that represents enlightenment right. inside of his head
1: it's pretty dark stuff i love the way this movie was shot it felt both period and new which is very tricky to do, like I said, and not make it feel like everyone loves a knight's tale. I remember it being kind of like fine, but I don't like when people in the old times are talking like the present day, and etc. No, I hate that. This felt like a really good mix of modern filming technology, but it didn't feel like the Sherlock Holmes where every punch is in slow motion and all that shit. I despise both Sherlock Holmes movies.
0: This no, was awesome. A
1: third, by the way, I, of course they are. This was awesome start to finish. When they break out the true fight scenes, like between Dan Stevens, our lead guy, and the father, that fight scene was just fucking awesome um, when they were going at it. Wait, which fight scene? The dad, the guy who dr- drills the head. Right. And our lead guy had this big like
0: oh the the like at the climax
1: of yeah. the movie yeah that's a great fight scene. just an, uh, one of the best fight scenes I've the seen the fight a long scene time.
0: between that guy and the kid who they
1: drill into his head is great yes for sure you know the shot when they so they're putting his head in a vice, and I was like all right I know this isn't going to be more traumatic than the casino scene where the guy's eyeball pops out of his head right um, but what they did was so awesome they give you the inside the kid's head point of view. And you see the bloodshot fill up his eyeball. That's great. That shot was awesome. And like, you also, it's like you're in the eyes, and then you see the eyes bloodshot. I've never seen that shot before, and I loved
0: it. And you also hear the audio muffle as the vice right. like clamps his ears shut. Right. Pretty great.
1: They had done it. that scene, especially in a theater in Copland, when they shoot Stallone in the ear and the sound mix goes all weird. Great. I mean... That I'd I'd seen I'd seen a version of that and loved it, but that eyeball thing—it's hard to do something new in an action movie or a horror movie. And this movie was doing a lot of kind of cool, fresh, new shit without being super flashy about it. Uh, the story was cool. There was nothing really corny about it. Dan Stevens maybe miscast. He wasn't like awesome in it. He's the main guy. Yeah. I thought he was great. I liked him, but, you know.
0: Look, I bought him as a young Harrison Ford type. I right. bought him as a guy that, like, was almost psychotically determined. Yeah. Had been through some shit. Yeah. And was, you know, grizzled and was ready to go the f- full nine yards. I I, bought, I liked him in that. I thought he yeah. was good. And I really liked Martin Sheen, or excuse me, uh, Michael Sheen. As the, Michael Sheen was fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. as the uh, sort of brother Malcolm, the, the, the prophet, uh, yeah. cult leader.
1: Super intense, super creepy. Michael Sheen is always great. I'm a big fan. I met him once, you know. Why is he still dating Sarah Silverman?
0: That's when I met him. I did a right. show with Sarah, and he was there. And I did a it was a, it was the comedy jam, and I covered "Spirit of Radio" by Rush. Okay. And he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "Oh, mate, I love Rush. Great job, mate." Oh, man, I was telling Sarah, you got to hear this reggae bit that's about to come up. Like, he was very excited about the Rush cover. Very nice.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. Nice Um, man. It all feels sort of like, okay, this is a weird cult type stuff, but very grounded in reality. Until they bring up The Witch. And when I saw The Witch, I realized, and this is going to be controversial, this movie is what I was led to believe The Witch would be, which was exciting, awesome, Interesting, intense. Um, it was it felt similar, but I loved it so much more than the witch. I know you love the witch, but well, they're different types of movies. They are. The witch in, in this? this movie is so disturbing when they are feeding her the blood and she starts sucking on it like a you know like a baby on a nipple or whatever, like eating the body parts through a tube. Yeah, that was all really fucking weird and like cool. Uh, everything with the witch, it, right up to the end, when you realize that like he is now one of these like grass people, and like he's got witch blood now and stuff.
0: Well, such a cool take on a witch, by the way, because the actual Wiccan religion, yes, you know, the real Wiccan religion, not the movie fairy tale version of it, right, is all based on the the appreciation and worship of nature. It's you know, yes. so but so so at the end of the witch, they kind of did this too. But I like that they actually created a witch, who was both scary and pure at the same time. She wasn't evil. She was scary because she was. They were malnourishing her and abusing her powers throughout right. the film, for the benefit of this cult. So she looked frightening, yeah. but she wasn't evil. And the blood that she was feeding on it was because her earth was alive. You know, right. like and and she was part of the island that they lived on. So I thought that was a very very clever. Uh, take that I'd never seen before.
1: It all all that stuff like when it took that turn. Usually when a movie is like normal, normal, normal for ninety minutes, and then there's a supernatural thing, they don't pull it off. It sucks. It's stupid. Yeah. This like took that turn, and I was like completely on board with it. It was genuinely unsettling and and creepy and weird, and all the effects and everything in it felt like new and cool to me. I just think this guy is a great director if you haven't seen those raid pictures check them out it's just nonstop incredible action they're like when you when you were in like 16 you saw the jackie chan movies right which now would probably be very dated but they're they're like that level of inventive and they're both great uh, it, that's funny
0: because i just re-watched uh robocop and i watched the director's cut which is streaming
1: on amazon prime yeah so it's got apparently of... no different than the one that's been available on blu-ray for years but...
0: no 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 it's got there's there's considerable there,
1: there there are scenes that have considerable more graphic violence in them i ha- but that's available on blu ray they're trying oh. to play it off as a new cut i have the cut
0: oh no Th- they're not advertising it as a special cut on robocop oh, okay. i read on a website somewhere they were like hey fyi the version of robocop streaming is yeah. like the uncut version right. you should watch it if you haven't seen X-rated. it x rated wanna... so uh but anyway i just watched robocop and i remember like it took me back to when i was a kid and i first saw that and being so blown away by this mo- like it was, just, it was I felt the same way when I saw Total Recall. Both mm-hmm. Paul Verhoeven, Verhoeven. Um, you know, I felt the same way when I saw, you know, the the Last Crusade, and you know, like there were just you know, Die Hard. I remember feeling like that. Like there was just a really really cool thing about being a teen or a tween and seeing an action movie that
1: was good. Yeah uh and we get so few good action movies
0: no they're they're they and I, they used and to be
1: weekly and and it's not it's not oh it used to be better when we were younger they really were if you look at like every week every weekend in like the summer of 89 has a movie that is still revered as like a classic predator yeah
0: was another one you know but it's i agree look and you know this it's been my gripe about the marvel movies the Marvel movies have become what killed action movies. Right. Once every kill had a punchline and a pun and whatever, we made fun of it. Mm-hmm. We thought it was stupid and cheesy. Everybody did. Right. Now it's what Marvel is doing in every film when people are going, this is brilliant. Right. And it's like, what are you talking about? These are bad jokes yeah. that are punctuating significant events. In the movie, and it takes away all the significance of the event. Right. So that's what killed the action movie. You know, by the time... I remember Cliffhanger being, like, a sort of a comeback for Stallone.
1: Cliffhanger's pretty dope.
0: And it's, yeah, it's not Cliff bad. Because they took it seriously again. Yeah. But, you know, before that, he's doing... You know, but by the time he was doing, like, Cobra and shit like that, people were like, all right, dude, Jesus Christ. Right. You know, uh, how brooding and, uh, and and wise-ass can you be at the same time? Yeah. Anyway...
1: I guess that's our show. Sure. Uh, Yeah, look for both of those uh, live shows on the Patreon. We have already recorded them when you hear this. We are recording them in a few days as we record this. Our next several, and we haven't quite figured it out yet, but our next few will be uh, Event Horizon. Mm -hmm. They will be The People Under the Stairs, Mm -hmm. Wes Craven.
0: Based on fan... Request. You guys are requesting these movies a lot, so we're going to do them, and I'm plenty happy to do them. um, The live shows are Halloween and Tales of Halloween. Um, And they'll be available for the October and November Patreon bonus apps. Correct.
1: My show is called The Cool Kids on Fox. We're doing well. Thank you for watching. It's on Hulu as well. It's on Friday nights. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ThePatrickWalsh, and uh, that's all I got. Joe DeRosa comedy
0: on Instagram. When you can catch me, catch me on there. Uh,
1: And uh, visit the Hog House store. On Etsy, yes. Yeah, get yourself some. And the Facebook page. Thank you to Emily and Ken for running that so well.
0: Yes. Get yourself some Hog merchandise. Uh, And that's it, folks. We'll see you next time. And we'll see you in hell. (laughs) Oh. <laughs>